So um, Joel runs cross country. He's going to stand up. To, when he stands up, he's like the tallest person in the room. It's fine. Except for maybe Vince. I don't know. You guys might be too drunk. And, uh, and so Joel last night ran cross country. So we drove home from Mouse Country Race. He goes, I need time to stretch before I run. How many miles did you run yesterday? Was it a... It was a 5K, yeah. So he, he ran a 5K outside in the dark last night. It was a whole lot of fun for him. I, but he said, I needed to get there in time because I need to do my stretches. And if any of you have ever run, how many of you, you enjoy it? Yeah, there's something wrong with you. It's fine. <laughs> I do it because I have to, but it's not something I'm like, ooh, let's go run. Because um, he's running away from me most of the time. Um, but before you run, you got to make sure that you do your stretches. It just depends on like what part of your body is tense and you feel like your muscles are all built up. And so for you, stress in my shoulders. I don't know where you carry yours. And so I do a whole lot of this. You guys can stretch with me today. I do a whole lot of this. I pull it all the way over there. Uh-huh. Does that feel good? Miss Shirley's like, I'm doing it. One great. Oh, okay. Other arm. Other arm. Good, good, good. Nice. Sometimes you do like the, the stretch like way up in the air. You first get out of bed. Oh, and kind of do the side to side thing. Feel back. Mm-hmm. Here. Yes. That's good. And some of you guys are like, this is awkward. And people are like, oh, yeah, now I can run. I'll let you run later. Okay, you can sit back down. Okay, stand back up for the reading of God's word. I did do a 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. And this is Paul in Corinth, to, and specifically about his ministry, um, the traveling that he's done, the churches that he's ministered, that he takes, and whatever he is ministering to others. He says, even though I am a free I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Hey, Christ, I was with the Jews, I lived like Right. I was with those who fall, even though I was subject to the law. I did this, right? I could live law to those who are under the law. I do not follow the Jewish law. That law I am with can bring them to and ignore the law of God. I obey those who are women everywhere. For I want to bring to Christ. And everything I do, I do everything to spread the blessing. <laughs> The word of God. Becca's like, I'm amazing. I'm really mad. So it's, um, it, it's the, the first church I've ever messed up bad. And you guys could probably, um, Pastor Abby, church is a really interesting con. Your guys' church comes all the time, like few think. He's at the bank pretty much every day, right? He's teaching. And then he is every day. That is, have jobs that you go you work context is very different and and you're and I thinking about the time well you are my people you are what I did in this place pretty and I um here quite a bit in people's home the other day um, due to COVID maybe a little bit and I was fishing instantly have this desire to and who has also been a pastor it feels like I have fishing wire. and when you're going to my heart every single one of you is attached to the other end of the when you're going to hug a miles and feel that the, the line is tight. My own heart. And when you're poor too, it's not a magic picture. It's just because I love you. And sometimes I think your joy and your are talking about being able to things to all people. I go, what does it look like for us to, to engage with, to connect them? Feel that. Feel their hearts and their Then you love people inside. They're pulling. Feel that. What is struggling? You're struggling with joy. Then you're joyous with them. How do we make it happen? 
together. It's a really part of your own heart to do. Different ways and different roles throughout the church and in our community is wonderful. Part in your life, and it's good for the people that you're encountering, that you're getting to serve. It's a great and marvelous thing. So three years ago, we started praying about how the Lord was asking us to serve in our community here at TC Naz. A lot of churches have done this crazy mass exodus where um, churches have been planted in inner cities, but as the demographics of those communities have changed, people have exited at mass rates. Well, the people who exit still come back to the same church. So you have church in inner city black neighborhoods or in Hispanic neighborhoods that still have uh, middle class white people attending the church, and we wonder why those churches are dying. Well, it's because they're not ministering to their communities well. We don't necessarily have that problem here. Um, most of you live in Tip City. A lot of you live kind of within a radius of Tip City, but none of you are driving super far or coming way out of your cultural context to come to church here. And we have a really strong community. Tip City is a fantastic place to live, in my opinion. I really enjoy it. I have really great neighbors, like really great neighbors. Um, I have a really great church. I have a church family that loves my family well. They know my needs, and they come up, and they're ready to serve, and it's beautiful. I love that about my community. Um, but loving our community isn't enough if we're not willing to put steps and action to that. And so as we began praying about how we were going to do that and what would it look like for us to serve, we really felt like the Lord has given us a neighborhood right next door to us, the Tweed Woods Park neighborhood behind us. And I want to talk about that group of people um, just for a moment because this is the third year that we have ministered back there. And we've seen some really cool things happen. Last week, Vince was baptized. Woohoo! Um, and uh, and we, had a, we have a friend with us. Um, she's not here today, but she was here last week. Her name is Tara. And she said that I could share her story, and so I, I want to do that real quick. Tara met us at Party in the Park, along with several other families who now have children that are attending the daycare because we made connections with them through Party in the Park. And we've always believed that our daycare and preschool is a bridge from those people's normal, everyday lives where they're doing things like having child care and taking their kids to daycare or taking them to preschool into a place where they can be ministered to. Um, they're, they're doing it there in the daycare, but also a bridge to our congregation as a whole and to the church. And, uh, and so we've met a handful of them. Well, there's one mom named Tara, and she has a little girl, and she started bringing her to, to preschool. And one day I was just walking through the foyer, and I see parents all the time, and I just happened to run into her. I was like, oh, Tara, how are you doing? She walks every day. She doesn't have a vehicle, so she walks back and forth every day to drop her daughter off. So they were waiting in the foyer with the stroller, and, and we talked for just a few minutes, just about life and how she was doing and what her job was like and, and how her daughter was enjoying preschool, the normal things that you talk to strangers about whenever you just randomly meet them and you're an extrovert and you talk to all the people. And so I then went into my office, and, uh, and Rebecca comes in, and she said, so our cook quit today, and we had another teacher that, like, no show quit. I was like, oh, that's great. Um, if any of you ever wonder if that job is stressful, it is an extremely stressful job, especially when you're ministering to close to 90 kids every single day and all of their parents and working with a staff of over 20 people. It's a really big job that Rebecca does. And... Um, and so I was like, okay, well, let's talk about this and think about it. And so we were praying about it, and we were discussing it, and, and she's getting ready to leave. And I said, wait a minute, hold on, Does Tara, what is Tara doing? 
then she's like, I don't know. I said, I don't either. Like, I don't know exactly where she's working, but maybe she would be, she's already here because her daughter's in school, and she had talked about, like, looking for a job, and so I don't, maybe this would be a really good fit for her. And so Tara started, like, two days later, um, became the new cook at our daycare. And last week she was at church, and she'd been building connections and making connections here. And I just think, man, what a beautiful example of what we have been called to do and what we're trying to do. I can't preach very long today, so I've got to watch my watch because we have things to do, people. Um, And so as I was thinking about this neighborhood back here and I was thinking about the demographics of the entire state of Ohio and our statistics, I started going, okay, what is Tweed Woods, what does that neighborhood back there need that we have to offer? Well, so there was a Sunday school teacher once and she said, I'm going to describe something to you and I want you to know what it, like, tell me what it is, okay? She said, it's like, it's small, it's furry, it has a bushy tail, it eats nuts, it climbs up in the tree, and the little boy raises his hand and he goes, I know, I know, I know. He said, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. It sure sounds like a squirrel, but it's Jesus. <laughs> we all know the right answer, right? All the people back there living in that neighborhood, they need Jesus. That's what we have. That's the gift that we have that we're able to give to them. So as, it, as we look at the population of um, I I did these statistics based upon the whole population of Ohio. So I know that they may be skewed slightly. If you are a statistician and you're going to be real mad at me today, just know that I will explain my process and how I did it, and we can fight later. Um, It's it's not a big deal, but because I'm not, and I'm just doing this the best I can. So we looked back there into that neighborhood and, and figured up that there are approximately, let's see, there are 208 townhomes or apartments in the Tweed Woods neighborhood. Um, the Ohio population statistics suggest that there are 4.2, sorry, 2.43 people per household, and that gives us about 500 people that are living back in Tweed Woods. Now, for the purpose of the statistics, so the following statistics that we're looking at, we're going to remove children under the age of 12 from that, which is about 12%, again, the population in the state of Ohio, because most of the statistics that we're going to look at today are all adult statistics. Are you guys following me so far? Did Gabe stay home in bed? Because I feel like he'd be really proud of me today. It's fine. Okay, this leaves us with 444 people for our analysis today. So 444 people approximately live in the neighborhood right behind Menards that are adults ages 12 and older. So if we look first at um, these statistics, like I said, are for the state of Ohio. So 6% of people over the age of 12 in the state of Ohio are alcoholics which means that approximately 26 people in the neighborhood behind us are suffering from alcoholism. The divorce rate in the state of Ohio is about 12%, which means that there are about 60 people, 59 people, living in the neighborhood behind us who are living in a situation where they have been divorced. Anxiety and depression is a huge issue in our nation. 20% of people suffer from that, and so of our 444 people in the neighborhood behind us, 88 of them are struggling with anxiety and depression today. 30% of people live in broken or unmarried homes, which means they have children outside of marriage, Um, or for whatever reason there, this includes some divorce things as well, but 30% of people are living in broken homes. 
which means 133 people living in the community behind us today have homes that are not whole. And the last one is loneliness. Now this statistic, the, the percentage of people that um, are, this, this number is from before COVID. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to totally be. I didn't want to make the COVID numbers all the normal numbers. So um, this rate is actually a little bit higher right now. But even before COVID, I wanted to say this: like it's not people aren't just lonely because COVID has made us lonely. They were lonely before COVID. Sixty-one percent of people, again in the state of Ohio, say that they are lonely. which means that over half of the people that we are ministering to in that community today are suffering from loneliness. It, it's a serious problem. We have all kinds of issues with our neighbors that we are facing today. And sometimes we forget what it's like to really be the church and really love others well. So there's a story of an elephant and a mouse. And, uh, and I'm good with that, CJ. You can take it down. Um, the, uh, the story of the elephant and the mouse was a story that was given so-called by a chief that was living in a, a, a far-off land, and missionaries came to minister to their community. And he said, I want to tell you what it's like to have missionaries come into our community. Just for a moment, I want you to pretend that the missionaries are elephants and we are mice. And they come in, and they are so excited about everything that Jesus has done in their lives. And they want Jesus to do all of those things in our lives, too. And so the elephant decides that he's going to throw a party and invite everyone. All of the jungle animals are invited to the party. The elephant is there, and the mouse is there, and they talk about this party they're going to throw so that they can tell everyone about Jesus. And there is singing, and there is dancing, and the elephant is excited, and he's dancing around, and... At the very end of the party, the elephant calls out to the mouse. He says, mouse, mouse, where are you, mouse? And he looks down and sees his friend squashed underneath his feet. Now, we get really excited about our faith sometimes. We get really deeply rooted in our belief systems we think we know what is right for us, and because of our experiences, we believe we know what is right for other people. And so oftentimes, we plan the parties. We decide how someone needs ministered to. We go in with no thoughts about what is best for them. I'm sure the elephant could have done this in lots of different ways where the mouse didn't get squished. But he threw a party how he knew how to throw parties. He celebrated how he knew how to celebrate. He showed in the ways that worked best for him. And because of that, the poor little mouse's life was ended. We have to remember that whenever we are ministering to our neighbors, it is not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. When we love our neighbors well, we love them well because it is about them. It is about their opportunity to seek and know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And so we have to find ways, just like Paul did, to be all things to all people. 
We walk into a situation where someone, I don't know about you, but I always want to fix that thing. Anybody else in here a fixer? Yes, you're fixers. So you walk in and somebody's sad and you want to go, I can fix you. We can make you happy. Let's go do this thing. Let's go sell it. Well, sometimes people just need people to sit down and weep with them and grieve with them and not fix them. They need you, them, they need you to love them where they are. There are three terms I want to run through real quickly. The first one is othering. Um, it's not a term that we use very often. It's a term we should use a whole lot more in the church. The term othering is simply saying that we are looking to others. We are ministering to others in a way that changes both of us. Oftentimes we walk into those situations where we go, we are going to change this person. We want to change their lives. We want to do this mission trip that transforms these people. But instead we walk into the situation where we go, we treat each other with a mutual respect and we understand that what they do in their lives is going to influence me in my life. And we are both going to be transformed through this process. It's not all about me. Othering means that we enter into intentional relationships for the sake of mutual benefit. Not like we're trying to, you know, get something out of them, but we understand that if we enter into a relationship with them, we will get something out of it. That's the beauty. If not, then we are not othering well. If we just feel like we're giving and giving and giving and we're not doing anything in return, then you need to reevaluate that relationship. It may mean that we're not doing the second thing well, and that is listening. Jesus did this beautifully. With the woman at the well, um, uh, he did it on the road to Emmaus. Like There are just some really great examples of Jesus in Scripture where he listens well to the people around him, and it transforms their lives. He asks a few questions. He listens to theirs. He responds with grace and truth. But he only could have done that if he had listened to begin with. We are really bad. We are really bad Americans. As a general rule, at listening because we want the opportunity to respond. Do you do that? You don't have to shake your head yes because you're not going to feel about it feel bad about it but like we we listen to somebody so I'm like listening to Melissa she's sharing this conversation with me and the whole time in my mind when I'm not listening well in my whole time in my mind I'm thinking what can I say to make her feel better what can I do that oh yeah I have this situation that's exactly like hers let me share that and da 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 so all the time instead of listening to her and to her situation well all I'm doing in my mind is I'm thinking of things that I can respond you guys ever done that yeah, two people are willing to confess to it. It's fine. You know you do it. Sometimes we don't listen well. We're listening to respond to others. Or we already go into a situation knowing we're right. We go into a situation, into a conversation, or we just avoid conversations totally that don't have to do with things that we believe in personally. We go into those conversations, we already know that we're right. And our whole point in listening to their side is to prove that they are wrong. To show judgment, condemnation, or criticism to prove that we are right in the way that we believe so that they can change their wayward ways. Jesus didn't do that. He did not listen for the sake of casting judgment. 
or criticizing. And he was Jesus. If we are to listen and do it well, then we need to do it in a way that allows others to speak truth and we take that in. We allow it to change us instead of going into it with a mindset that we need to change them. And the last thing is stretching. I was part of a, um, I, I was, I was part of a conference this last week. Um, someone had written a book about the white church and some of the things that we have done wrong over the history of the church period. I'm happy to enter into discussion with you later about that. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it today. We just talked about racism that is within the church today and some of the struggles that we face being able to be multicultural congregations because of our implicit biases against one another. And I sat in that, and I listened the whole time, and I consider myself, and pretty much any white middle-aged woman is going to say this, right, Marcy? Middle-aged white women, we all say this. I'm really open-minded. I love all people. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. I don't see skin. I'm blind. Yeah, you hear that one? That's a load of malarkey. I'm colorblind. I don't see color. And so one of the professors at NTS who was on the line with us just began sharing his heart, and it was absolutely phenomenal to listen to him just talk about how his experiences have been transformed by listening to others but allowing himself to be stretched. And so Harvard University and several other places out there have things that you can go online and you can click in boxes, um, things that you believe, and it helps you to figure out what are your implicit biases that you have and what are ways that you can be transformed more into the likeness of Christ. Um, we use that in Christian terms. How can we be transformed more into the likeness of Christ by not behaving according to our biases? And we all have them. We all have biases. It's just human truth. And I opened up one of those as he was talking, and I answered the first three questions, and I shut it down. I was like, I'm not ready for that today. Man, I felt uncomfortable. Like, I was being stretched. I was being asked questions that, that made me feel like I, I was doing something wrong. Like, all of these things. Stretching is not normally comfortable. Sometimes it's nice. You go, oh, yeah, work out those kinks in my muscles. Sometimes it's a really good thing. But usually when you're stretched, it is because there is tension in your life that needs to be broken up. And Jesus is in the business of stretching us, transforming us. So how do we do it? How do we love our neighbor well? How do we be present with them? First of all, we go into it with the mindset of othering. We're doing it for them, but we also know that in return, if we do it well, that we will mutually find benefit. We listen for the sake of listening. We practice it. Try sitting and not saying anything for a whole minute with your spouse this week. I mean, Chad does it all the time. He's an expert. But like, sit with your spouse. I'm picking on you a lot today. <laughs> Chad's a great listener, by the way. Um, but if you're the talker in the family, try asking a question and not saying anything for a whole minute. Just listen. Practice with your spouse. They'll go, are you okay? You're not giving me any answers. You're not telling me what to do. You're not trying to fix me. Just practice listening and be willing to be stretched. Step outside of your biases for just a minute. Stand on the other side of the line. Whatever that belief system is that's been, maybe it's political, maybe it's about COVID, maybe it's about whatever your belief system is informing in your life right now, take a step on the other side of that and look back and go, okay, 
how can me, how can, how can, by me understanding this other side, how can I become more like Jesus? How can I bri- build bridges with my neighbor? How can I love others better? So Pope Francis has this quote that I, that I really love. He says, I prefer a church which is bruised, hurting, and dirty because it's been out on the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy, being confined from clinging to its own securities. I prefer a church which is bruised, hurting, and dirty because it has been out on the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own securities. So we're going to practice that today. Um, Shannon, I don't know, would you mind going and grabbing these off, uh, off Karen's desk? Or maybe Karen already has them. Do you have these? Okay, would you mind bringing them in here? Awesome, thank you. Um, so we have, we're, we're going to go do some things today. Like, if you saw the message on Facebook, that's why half the people didn't show up to church today. That's what happens when I tell you what we're going to do before we do it. So, um, so we are going to take maps. Everybody's got a map. This is the neighborhood. This is the, how many did I say? 200. This is the 200 apartments that are in the neighborhood behind us. Next week, we're going to have a party, um, a picnic in the park. We're going to take food back there. We're going to have it for everybody, and we are going to meet our neighbors. Um, we've been doing party in the park with them all summer long. They're going to know us already. Um, they're they're going to be connected with us. For those of you that are introverts and suffer from anxiety, your heart is already palpitating, and you're thinking, what is the closest exit that I can escape without her seeing me? I will see you. Just hang tight, okay? Don't leave yet. The whole point is for us to practice what we are learning. Practice what is being preached. Practice the gospel of Jesus Christ. These people back here, most of them don't know you. They're not going to care if you knock on their door because they don't know who you are. They may never see you again. I don't know. Or they may be the alcoholic. They may be the Vince. They may be the mom who is single, trying to figure out how she's going to pay her bills and feed her kid. Maybe the family that's navigating from divorce. And maybe the lady who is ostracized from her whole family and is lonely beyond belief, and you're the only kind face she sees this week. It's possible. So we have 20 of these packets. Um, our kids are actually all going out to get on the bus. So if you're going to try to avoid it and you have children, it's too late. They're already on the bus. Um, and, uh, and you're going to get, if you just want to raise your hands and take a packet, this is what, uh, you're like, we're going to wait until you tell us what we're doing before we're going to raise our hands. Um, so in each packet, um, there is a map. And on each map, there are two buildings that are highlighted. Each building has about four or five apartments. So each packet is about 10 homes back here. Um, And what you're going to do is you're going to go to each one of these doors right now, like right this minute, you're going to go. And we're going to get in our cars and we're going to get on the bus. If you want to ride the bus, you're more than welcome to. And we're going to go back to Tweed Woods and we're going to find, you're going to find a partner, whether it's your spouse or if you don't really like your spouse, you can pick somebody else. Um, Just don't pick somebody else's spouse. That's awkward. Um, Pick somebody, and you're going to go, and you're going to go and knock on the door. We're going to make this really easy. So I'm going to go knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. Hi, how are you? 
Very good. See? Shannon's doing a great job. Hey, I am Rachel, and I'm from the Tip City Church of Nazarene, and we're going to have a picnic in the park next week, and I just wanted to invite you. Did you say food? Yes. It's I can't wait. It's free. You're more than welcome. I know, but we can do it next week. Okay, sounds good. Okay. It'll be great. Good. And I'm just wondering, is there any way we can be praying for you guys between now and then? Yeah, okay, well, let me pray for you. So there's this opportunity for you to hear somebody's story. Most likely, people aren't going to respond as nice as Shannon is. Um, they're going to probably be pretty neutral in their behaviors, but that's okay. If you're a visitor with us today, you don't have to do this. Also, like if you're visiting right now and you're going, where did I come to church? It's fine. You're going to do great. Um, if you want to do it, you can. So we're going to go back. Each flyer has information about the picnic and about our bus ministry. We're going to go knock on doors. There are 20 of these packets. We need you to do it so that we can share the love of Christ. It's good practice for you. I'm not going to judge you if you don't, but I might. So just do it, okay? Just do it. Let's go be the church today. Um, you can go ahead and stand. Dolly Parton is going to usher us out today. Does anybody have any questions before we go? Oh, the tape. Yes, there's tape. In case they're not home, you can tape the flyers to their doors. Sound good? All right, you can stand with me today for the benediction, and then we'll all get ready and we'll go. It's going to be great. May the Lord bless you as you go from this place today. May he guide your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. May he give you the beautiful opportunity to right now, at this very moment, neighbor well. Amen. I'll see you guys back there.